What's up, everybody? Daniel Young here. Thank you for tuning in, whether it's morning, evening, or two in the morning, wherever you are, whatever time that you're checking this out. Thank you for checking it out. Uh, Today is going to be an interesting topic. It's a topic that has been running rampant throughout the church. And what I mean by church in this context is definitely modern evangelical non-denominational church. And that is the idea of liberalism and what I believe to coincide with this liberal, liberalistic doctrine, if you will, this idea of seeker-friendly church and all of those different aspects that we are seeing within Christendom here specifically in the 21st century. So uh, I was I was intrigued and I have been intrigued by the idea of of liberalistic doctrine but before we get there i also have been incredibly brought to wonder i guess would be the the phrase over the idea of of a seeker friendly church now i have expressed beforehand that i grew up in a church that was all about getting people through the front doors by all means necessary i mean for crying out loud uh i mean i i played on the worship team and all that kind of stuff and um there were times where i mean we played a cold play song we played a a u2 song we played the greatest showman songs i repeat the greatest showman songs like that's right like the musical on stage on for sunday worship and i participated in those things and the reasoning for those things was in order to get unbelievers to feel comfortable enough to come to church, to come through the front doors. Now, outside uh, of the theological issues that that aligns, when, when that thought first comes to your brain and where you first hear that, you think of it as being very noble. It's very, it's very much a thing where it's like, wow, you really just, you know, you really want to get people saved. It's very noble. Yeah, we should do that. But... There's theological concerns within that whole um, type of mindset of of seeker-friendly church. And so I believe where, where the issue begins is not having a proper understanding of who church is for. Now, of course, um, I, would, I would admit it, and I do myself, and, and I think it's a good thing to invite your friends to church, to invite your friends, whether they are already churched or haven't been to church in a long time, whether they're believers or they're not believers, to bring them forth to attend. I think that that is good. But to make the whole basis of church, the very foundation of the church that you attend to be strictly about bringing in people rather than feeding the sheep, as Jesus tells Peter, then I think that you have a severe misunderstanding of what the church is called to be. The church is called to be the gathering of saints for corporate worship. It's not called to be an amusement park. It's not called to be a place that just simply exists to attract the unbeliever. It's called to be a place where saints can come and gather for fellowship and for worship unto the Lord because... We need those things, right? We need each other. We need fellowship. Worship is commanded. 
And it's the Lord's institution to have his saints come together and to do life with one another and to commune with one another every single Sunday. Nowhere in scripture do you see the act of, of let's make church not about the covenantal people of God. Let's make it about simply bringing in unbelievers. Instead, what you see is that the church exists because the covenantal people of God have come together for fellowship and uh, communion and worship. And not only that, but discipleship. And from that discipleship and from that training, you go forth into the world, the Great Commission, and go and make disciples. Notice how there's a difference there. That the church doesn't exist to just simply be an amusement park for the unbeliever. It exists for the communion of saints, for the discipleship and the worship of Lord in order to go forth and then make disciples. But interestingly enough, now we live in this mindset to where the amount of attendees you have within church, the amount of hype you have behind your church, the amount of, um, of young people you have within your church delegates now if your church is considered successful or not. No longer is church about, um, and, and keep in mind when I say church is that I'm talking about you know, what's predominantly church in America, which is non-denominational evangelical, is no longer is church primarily about the worship of the Lord and the communion of saints, but it's about doing anything by any means necessary to have the highest amount of numbers of people attend church. But there's many things wrong with that because what Jesus commands Peter is what he commands pastors to do. Feed the sheep. If you're just focused as a, as a farmer, as a, as a shepherd, if you are focused on just acquiring new sheep, but you don't feed the ones that you already have, then are you feeding the sheep at all? Are you listening to the commandments of Christ at all? Are you looking at the biblical outline for what church is to look like? Or are we just playing a numbers game? Are we just playing who has the biggest building game? Are we just playing who has the most hype on Instagram? Who's got the most hype? Who's getting reposted the most? Maybe if my sermon has enough catchy illustrations or enough uh, fancy wordplay for my, for my points, maybe if it's about me enough, maybe if it tickles my ears, then I'll come back. Shallow preaching equals a shallow gospel, and a shallow gospel equals a seeker-friendly church. Because if you are trying to just simply bring people in the door in multitudes and unbelievers and make everyone feel comfortable, then odds are you aren't preaching the gospel because the gospel is wildly uncomfortable. Because it takes the truth of knowing that you are dead in your sin, that you have committed horrible, heinous acts against the thrice holy God in order to know that you need to be saved. And of course, that's where the beauty of the gospel kicks in. But this is indeed a scary time within seeker, within not seeker friendly church, but within, within 
American church for sure. And, and of course, I know it happens in other countries and stuff. I know it's very predominant in, in um, I think it's either Africa or South Africa or whichever the case is. But these are scary times. And what makes these times even scarier, and this is where you primarily see these things happen, so that's why I believe that it coincides pretty well, is this idea of liberal theology within non-denominational church. So I know that there's a lot of people who have been hurt within non-denominational church um, due to, to this idea of burnout which of course I firmly believe can and does happen, especially when your church is focused on being an amusement park rather than actually being a faithful church just preaching the word of God, is that of course you could get burned out and feel that you get used and as a result feelings get hurt, traumas can get caused and all those kinds of things. And as a result of those things, then people begin to come up with theological principles or ideals that begin to suit the way that they feel in that moment. Well, maybe because I was hurt by these people, I was hurt by these people. Thus, maybe the God that they serve, maybe Christ really isn't the only way unto heaven. Maybe Christ isn't actually God. Maybe Christ or whatever the theological thought is, is for that person in order to try and and equate it toward the pain that they're feeling in order to feel justified, maybe because of the pain they feel and the hurt that they have experienced on behalf of people who are um, Christians, then we begin to try and search out for reasons to justify the pain and such that we feel. Oh, well, and it starts off small. It always starts off small. Well, I don't believe that scripture is the word of God because... You know, it it calls it it doesn't call the believer um, toward sex outside of marriage and it doesn't call the believer toward um, homosexual actions and all these kinds of things. And I think the Bible simply outdated and all these kinds of ideals. Why? Maybe because you were judged harshly in those types of ways. Maybe your feelings were hurt during some sort of time frame or whatever the case was from Christians that you attended church with. Thus, we look for things to justify our ideals. But like I said, the idea, the idea of liberal theology starts out small. In fact, what's unique about this liberal theological thought is it seeks to undermine the gospel completely. Now, you're talking to someone who's highly orthodox in their view of Scripture. I believe that Scripture is the infallible, inerrant Word of God, that it is everything that we need to know about God on this earth, right? But what we see is in liberal thought is it tries to combine cultural liberalism with scripture and it seeks to tweak scripture in accordance with culture. But if we believe that scripture is the inerrant word of God and God is never changing, then we must believe that his word is never changing. So what a person comes down to is the dilemma of where they see how the culture changes, they see what's going on within the culture, and then they see what the word of God has to say 
and you come to a conclusion where you either have to compromise on the scriptures or you either have to compromise on your thoughts. And a lot of people these days are compromising on their thoughts. Why? Because it's more comfortable that way. But as I've always said, as scripture does not exist to be comfortable. The gospel is uncomfortable in its very standing. So what it ultimately leads to for the liberal theologian, maybe who believes that uh, Christ isn't the only way unto salvation, that there are multiple doors um, that lead towards salvation, that all religions maybe lead to salvation, a universalist point of view, or maybe like a Richard Rohr type of follower where they believe in this idea of a universal Christ, which I believe to be completely in total heresy, right, is that you... By looking into these aspects, because it's more comfortable, you are no longer following the God of the Bible. You are following an idol that you've created in your head. You found God to be too uncomfortable. You found the scriptures to be too uncomfortable. Thus, what you've done is you've, is you've taken the pieces of scripture that you think are true and you've taken the others that you think aren't true. Maybe you've read a few books um, from, from guys like Bart Ehrman or whatever the case is, and you didn't critically think hard enough on them, so you believed them in order to justify your beliefs. But by justifying those beliefs that you have and those convictions that you have in your heart, which are feelings at the end of the day, what you've gone ahead and done is you don't worship the true God of Scripture. You don't worship the true God of the Bible and the true God of creation. You've created an idol in your head a figurative God in your head that you found easier to worship, that you found that met up with your ideals, that doesn't care about sin maybe, that doesn't care about holy standards, and you began to worship him instead. At the core, this is what liberalistic theology does, is it minimizes the view of God in Scripture and replaces it with an idol of a God that you make up in your own mind in order to worship. It's idol worship at the end of the day, and it is heresy at the end of the day, but yet it is so susceptible to fall into simply because of past church traumas and hurts and pains, which are very real. But notice where the predominant amount of those church hurts and pains, and not all of them, but notice the predominant spot where those things occur is within non-denominational, seeker-friendly Pentecostal church. Why? Because it doesn't promote the gospel. It doesn't promote the truth of the gospel being a two-sided coin. Instead, it promotes simply burning yourself out for the sake of entertaining unbelievers. Well, guys, I hope you uh, enjoyed this. I will be back next week hitting you guys up with another episode. Peace and have a great day.